Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who may or may not have been up late last night playing Fortnite, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm good. I was not up late, actually. Actually, I went to bed pretty pretty early, like at a decent time. I was probably in bed around like, you know, like 11.30, maybe midnight. Wow. So I was not up too late playing Xbox. That's the same with me. I was prepared. What did you say? That was the same with me. That's about the same time I went to bed. Exactly, exactly. I was prepared <laughs> to play, uh, or p- prepared to uh, record this episode today. Um, I definitely was not late to record. Right, Trevor? It was not late? Yeah, no, you weren't. Alright, alright. That was nice for you to say. I was definitely late to record today, <laughs> but that is okay. Uh, we're here for another episode. Uh, we do not have our main contributor, uh, Ben O'Brien, with us today, as he is out of the office. Um, well, we don't really have an office, but, you know, that's the saying. You know, he's out of the office, uh, hopefully enjoying his time doing what he is doing. But we do have a very fun episode planned for today. Um, I feel like we're, we're kind of at the point here where sports are close to starting. Um, you know, next week we have the MLB starting, uh, which we're not going to talk about on this podcast today, but I think we will talk about maybe in a little bit when we have our, our main contributor back on who knows more about the MLB than we do. But let's start it off with what we do know today. We have Jonathan Kamunga taking the step up, reclassifying to the class of 2020. So, uh, Trevor, what, what do you know about uh, our man Jonathan here? Yeah, so Jonathan is like small forward, power forward, about 6'7", 210 pounds. And yeah, he was the number one rated prospect uh, originally in the 2021 class. Um, but now he's reclassified. Um, he has actually already graduated. He already has like his credits, I believe, um, to graduate high school. So he has reclassified to 2020. And um, it's it seems like now that he is going to likely spend a year with the G League's developmental team. Now, obviously, you know, with all the things that, that are up in the air, you know, we don't know exactly how that process is going to work now. But it seems like um, he is going for that route and then plans to enter the 2021 NBA draft. And he's, he's very talented. Um, just from seeing some highlights, I haven't seen, obviously, a full game of him play. Although I would like to, just like I would like to see Imani Bates play. But... He definitely is a very talented player, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does in the future, and it seems like that there are other players more and more um, that are looking towards reclassifying, you know, we this is something we didn't see, really, um, a lot of in the early 2000s, 1990s, stuff like that, so, but now it's become more trendy, um, and, you know, I wish the best for him. Yeah, I, I don't have an enormous amount of knowledge on him. I, I know he's uh, quite a fantastic player. Yeah, I have a question for you, Trevor. Though, do you think this diminishes the? Uh, do you think this diminishes kind of the popularity of these players going to the G League instead of college? Uh, yeah, I do think so to some degree. I I do think so to some degree, but it, they could make up for it if this does end up working out for their development, and then they still end up having a great NBA career. So it's. I, I would say yes for the immediate future, yeah, because they're not going to be as popular, obviously, in the G League as they would be playing college basketball because they're not getting as, you know, they're not getting as much, like, time on television. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I, I think, I'm not saying it's a step backwards at all, but it definitely, to me, I think going to college has a lot of benefits, even if it's for a year. Um, but you know what, you know, these guys got to make the best decisions for them and their families. And, you know, I believe he, he is going towards that decision for him. Moving along, we have JT Daniels, another, uh, college guy. Well, I guess potential college guy for, uh, Jonathan Kamunga's, uh, 
example, but JT Daniels was at USC. Uh, he was the top-rated quarterback, I think, uh, two years ago, five-star recruit. Went to USC, then transferred in May, and is going to be eligible at Georgia. So there's going to be a little bit of a very big deal at Georgia. Uh, they have a nice little quarterback battle between Jamie Newman um, from, I believe he's from Wake Forest, if I remember correctly, um, and uh, JT Daniels. Um, who is a little less experienced, but definitely the higher-rated quarterback. Georgia in the past is known for making the wrong decisions on quarterbacks. Um, they had Jacob Easton and uh, Justin Fields. Uh, Easton went over to Washington, just got drafted, um, and uh, Justin Fields is one of the top quarterbacks going into this coming year at Ohio State. It is most likely going to be a top you know, 10 pick, probably. Could even be top 5, in my personal opinion. Better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> they passed up on a big opportunity there. Um, and instead, they settled for Jake Fromm, who went lower than... Easton in this past draft, um, and doesn't seem like he's going to have quite the success that people had hoped uh, coming out of Georgia. So, uh, two really great quarterbacks. Of course, JT Daniels, the really highly trotted prospect, um, it did well at USC. Not amazing, but did do well. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on you know this eligibility um, that he's going to be eligible for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, obviously this is great for Georgia, but the main thing here is that these transfers that seem to be granted, like. Um, the transfer waivers, it seems very inconsistent. And I know a lot of people talk about that. Well, you know, why is JT Daniels getting, you know, grants eligibility when some other quarterbacks aren't? It seems pretty inconsistent for the most part. Um, you know, maybe a little bit to do with money, perhaps, or, or something else. But um, he's definitely very talented. So, you know, Georgia, yeah, they have him and Jamie Newman. But he might already be better than Jamie Newman. Who knows? Obviously, he was very talented in high school, so we will have to see. Regardless, Georgia will be one of the best teams in college football so long as there's a season, probably a top five, maybe even you know top two, top three team in college football this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think they have two incredibly talented quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting to see who uh, will get the nod and start if there is a college football season. I personally do not believe there will be one. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of moving forward, uh, who ends up winning the spot. Uh, moving along, we're going to bump it up to the NFL now, professional sports. We, we've done a little bit of college. We're going to go to professional sports. We've got two big contract signings. I guess extensions. I think they were both extensions. Definitely this first one was Miles Garrett signed a five-year, $125 million extension with the Browns. $21 million signing bonus. $100 million of the 125 is guaranteed, uh, with an average of $25 million per year. Um... So, this is incredibly interesting to me. I've talked to a lot of my Browns fans, friends, shout out to Aaron and Chad, a podcast alum, Aaron Weaver, as I'm talking about. Um, to me, uh, Miles Garrett is a no-brainer. You re-sign Miles Garrett. That's, that's easy. I don't think that's a difficult choice. Uh, the contract to me, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of exactly how it builds out uh, in terms of uh, average money and what is against the cap. Um, but the Browns are potentially setting themselves up for a, an interesting situation where they are not going to be able to sign a lot of these guys that they have that are young. You know, you still have to pay Baker Mayfield in a year, potentially cut him. If they cut him, then this obviously isn't an issue. But if they want Baker, you know, a lot of Browns fans think Baker Mayfield is good. I am on the opposite end. I think he is uh, utter trash. Um, but they got to pay Denzel Ward. Um, you know, this past year, they had to let all their linebackers go. They couldn't pay him because they knew they had to pay these guys coming up. So I think that there's a lot of potential issues uh, moving forward for the Browns in terms of salary cap. However, I do like this signing. I, I think you, you kind of give Miles Garrett whatever he wants. Uh, I, as I told my, my buddies, um, in my personal opinion, if I 
had to start a team with anyone and I was unable to take a quarterback, uh, I would probably take Miles Garrett. Uh, he's that amazing, uh, and he's uh, truly a special player. Uh, Trevor, what, what are some of your thoughts on uh, the Browns uh, extending Miles Garrett? Wow, so that's who you would sign out of, out of anyone, not a quarterback. That's a little bit of a hot take, I would say, but uh, Miles Garrett definitely yeah, is very probably, talented. If it's a quarterback, if you could take a quarterback, then he would be much farther down the list because obviously quarterback is yeah. probably the most important position. Um, but uh, defensive line is another really important one. I, I definitely think it would he would at least be a top two or three option. I got gotcha. If I couldn't sign a quarterback. Yeah, so I mean the— Who would you take? Who would I take? Um, I yeah, think Aaron take? Donald's a good option. I think J.J. Watt's a good option. I think Khalil mm, Mack. Those guys are older, though. That's a good option. That's this true. This 24. Miles Garrett's 24 years old, and he's one of the best defensive ends. That's true. So maybe if you're going long-term, maybe you have a better case there, which which I'm assuming that's what yeah. you're saying. So maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of what I was going at, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Browns, they have a pretty talented team and it's, it's really something where I've heard other people talk about, and I agree, you know, the Browns, they have a talented enough team to potentially make the playoffs this year. Um, will they do that? I haven't seen anything, um, in past years that show me that they will. So I don't believe they will, but you know, with the talent they have, they're certainly capable of doing so. Um, with obviously Baker Mayfield, I think you're a little harsh on him. I, I don't necessarily think he's the greatest quarterback either. I think you're just slightly harsh on him. But nevertheless, I think this is probably a good deal for Miles Garrett. I think you probably have to do this. Um, it's just, it's just again with, you know, and I guess I'm, I'm comparing it to like the Patriots standard, which is a very high standard. And somehow Belichick always manages to like get these players. Who, who on like these one-year deals w- for not a lot of money you see like what they did with Darrell Revis and it works out so well and they because of you know the way they run it they're able to consistently be great throughout the you know the past 20 years and you know you know now you see like the Chiefs who are spending all this money as we're going to get to the next player we're going to talk about um with uh, on Patrick Mahomes and some of these other players it seems like some of these teams like to play more for like right now like the next two or three years as opposed to like a very long-term type of thing so with the Browns here um it's going to be interesting um obviously this is a pretty huge deal yes Miles Garrett's a great player but it'll be interesting to see what they do with Baker Mayfield as you mentioned and some of their other players who are going going to warrant maybe um a decent amount of money yeah I think you know you look at a team like the Chiefs and they're in win now mode I mean obviously they just won but you know, Mahomes is going to be locked up forever, but they're not going to be able to sign all these guys they have. You know, Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Mitchell Schwartz. I think they have a lot of guys just on the offensive end that they're not going to be able to sign past, you know, the next year or two. So, you know, a lot of these teams that are in win-now mode, these extensions are great for them. Um, yeah, it's going to be trouble in three or four years, but they have the potential to be amazing for two to three. Um, it, it's always interesting to me when players get extended that I don't think deserve extensions on teams that are bad not that they are bad players but that their teams are not in winnable positions at the moment miles garrett to me is a player that i would always extend that is not that's a no-brainer to me um but signings like austin hooper confuse me a little bit more you're spending so much money in a position that is not a direct need um and the, the money could have been used in plenty of other places like linebacker um cornerback safety um offensive lineman uh, which they did end up getting a right tackle. But I think the point being is that, you know, I think the teams that are really have great front offices, Patriots are a great example, um, they put their money in the spots that are deemed just historically most important. You know, 
signing uh, a Darrell Rivas, putting a tender on him for a couple million dollars for a year is very low risk. And obviously ended up panning out. He was towards the end of, end of his career at that point. Um, but still, you know, it ended up panning out. And I think a lot of these teams that have really good uh, uh, front offices can do a really good job of figuring out where the money is most important. To me, D-end is one of the most important positions in football. So this contract's a no-brainer. I, I have no issue with this contract at all. Uh, again, some of the other decisions the Browns have made are a little more skeptical. I'm a little more skeptical on. Not that they aren't good players, just it's spending money in the wrong places. Um, but let's move forward to another contract. Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs signed a four-year, $85 million contract. Um, their star defensive tackle, again, they're in win-now mode. Um, they're they're going to be dishing out some money uh, to keep on winning for this next you know year or two, maybe even three years. Obviously, a little down the road, it's going to be a little different. They have Mahomes signed for another 12 years, which is just absolutely insane. We've talked about it here. Um, but Chris Jones' contract, Trevor, what do you think? Um, I think, obviously, Chris Jones is a great player. He's one of the best defensive tackles probably in the league. And it seems like the Chiefs have chosen their path. You know, they are going in win-now mo- win mode like we've already kind of talked about. And, you know, that's, that's a fine decision. Um, is, it the, is it the better decision? I don't know. We're not really going to know until, you know, 10, 15 years later until we can look back and say, well, you know, maybe they actually should have, you know, you know, done this other thing. But I think looking at it now, I think this is a good decision with the mindset that you want to win the Super Bowl next year. And I definitely think as of now, they probably are the favorite. Um, you can argue maybe for a couple other teams, but I would probably lean towards them as being the favorite for next year. Uh, for the Super Bowl, so in that sense, it's definitely a good signing, and uh, Chris Jones is a great player, so I, I think it's probably worth it for them. I think you just got to be, you always got to be in the back of your mind thinking about, you know, three, four years uh, down the line when you're, when it's a little bit harder to sign some of these bigger players, what kind of situation they're going to be in. They might end up turning into yeah. like a, and I don't, I don't know as much about like what the Green Bay Packers and, and their cap situation, but you look at the Green Bay Packers who, they won that Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers back in like 2010, 2011, and then they haven't really, you know, been back since. Um, obviously, in some years, Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily had the greatest talent around him, um, which, you know, contributes some of that, but I think they just need to be, you know, aware. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Uh, they definitely got to be a little bit aware. Uh, really, the NFL is so, it's so difficult um, with kind of the cap because the cap is it's a hard cap in the nfl um and you cannot there's so many players you can't just be dishing out money everywhere you know a, a guy like this is that's 10 percent or eight percent of your your cap space to one guy uh, when you got to sign 55 guys uh so it's you know it's a it's a lot of money dish out to one player i believe the chris jones deal is also worth it again defensive line guys are super super important in the nfl um especially if you can break up the run you know it makes teams one-dimensional another great deal um, and, you know, I like Chris uh, Jones as a player. Um, it's always interesting to me to see, you know, what people say after, like, the Super Bowl champion wins and what the odds are they're going to win. I, I would have the Chiefs at top. To me, there's a lot of other good teams. I mean, you can even mention my Ravens. Um, but I don't think any team is particularly set up quite enough to oversee them as who I would believe would project uh, to win the upcoming Super Bowl again, if we even have a season. But... Uh, to end Small Talk today, we're going to go to everyone's favorite segment, Small Talk Trivia, um, is where we ask each other a question. We keep a running scoreboard. Um, it's been quite a great segment. I think it is 30 to 29, is it not? Yes, that is correct. And I, who's winning? I don't remember. <laughs> You're winning. Oh, I, wait, who? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to, I don't need to say it again. 
Okay, 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 that's true. All right, so uh, I have a good question for you today. I'm sure you have a good one, too. Trevor, why don't you go first today? All right, I'll go first. So, um, you know, we got the NBA coming back soon, and um, we're going to have our, hopefully, the NBA playoffs if it goes as, you know, as, as well, which it seems like they're doing a good job. We're going to talk a little bit about the bubble a little bit later. But my question is, who, or it's not who, what was the last year, the answer will be a year, uh, what was the last NBA Finals without any players averaging at least 25 points per game? So I, I looked at basketball reference for this question, and I looked at the averages of players, and I found the last NBA Finals where no player averaged at least 25.0. So I'll, I'll give you like a little bit of a hint. I mean, this probably isn't going to help a lot, but in this particular Finals... Um, the the leading scorer in this finals averaged 24.5 points per game. So not quite 25, but 24.5. So that is my question. Okay, well, that is a difficult question. Um, truthfully, I, I kind of have to walk through the answer um, and just kind of think about the years, which truthfully I'm not the best with uh, kind of thinking back through years. Um, and who that would be. I, I could definitely think of a couple years that I can't think of, like, uh, one particular player that I think would average over 25. Um, we have the year, like, the the Mavericks heat, um, but I guess LeBron probably averaged over that. Um, we have the heat in Mavericks in 2000, whatever year that was, when uh, D-Wade won. That's possible. I could see some of the Spurs championships. Um, that could possibly be it. Can I have a hint about it? Is it in our lifetime? Here, let, let me clarify. Oh, no. Let me clarify. So in this particular NBA Finals, no single player on either team averaged 25 points per game. And I'm asking... In the Finals in, or throughout in the In the Finals. In the NBA Finals. Oh, God. In the NBA Finals of that year. So a hint could be for that is that... Now, now obviously, like... You look at past finals where LeBron has been involved and he's averaged like 35 points per game. So obviously it can't be like 2018 or any of those years. It's it's not going to be that. Right, yes. So you got to think about a year where the scoring overall in these finals games was not that high. The teams played at a slower pace um, and they yeah, didn't right, score right. a ton of points. So that didn't answer my question at all, though. Was <laughs> it in our lifetime? <laughs> It is. It is. It is in my lifetime. Okay. 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 I appreciate that. Okay. I truly have no clue at all. Um. I mean, my guess is gonna be just a guess. Um. I. I have a feeling it's one of the Spurs series. I. I just feel like that those would be low scoring with Pop. I'll. I'll go. I'll go the one. I. I can't. So I gotta give the year. I don't even remember what year this was. (laughs) If you give me the two teams that were in the finals. Um. Well. See, there was some. <laughs> there was same same year. It was the yeah, one, it, the Spurs and Pistons. I think it was two thousand five. Yes, two thousand five Spurs Pistons. That's your guess. Yeah, that'll be my final guess. If that's if that's correct, I deserve twenty points. <laughs> okay, that is not correct. Um, okay. This finals actually included LeBron James. It was his first NBA Finals. It was the two thousand seven NBA Finals <laughs> when the leading scorer Can, was you know it's Tony Parker. I went to two of those games. I went to two of those games, wow. so I should have known yeah, that. Yeah, but... Tony Parker was the leading scorer. He had twenty four point five points per game. LeBron averaged, I believe, twenty two points per game. And and 
Uh, both teams averaged under 90 points total. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, that, that was a difficult question. It wasn't going to be easy. Okay, so I have an NFL question for you today. Um, so obviously last year the Ravens were pretty good. Uh, they had the best record in the league, one seed in the AFC. Um, didn't make it quite where they wanted to, but they were a really great team, and they broke a very important record. They set the NFL single-season rushing record um, for most rushing yards at, from a team in a single year. Um, so this is a two-point question. What team did they pass for that record, and what year from that team uh, was that record set that the Ravens broke? Okay, so you're saying that the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the 2019-2020 Baltimore Ravens, now hold the record for the most rushing yards in a single season? Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. you're saying who so is now what second? what team... Yeah, yeah. So what team record did they break, and what year uh, was that record set? Okay, so thinking about other teams who would have had a lot of rushing yards, my immediate instinct goes to the Atlanta Falcons with Michael Vick of... 2004 that would have been where they lost the mm-hmm. NFC championship to the Eagles. That's the first team that immediately comes to my mind. Um, even those those Eagles could have been a possibility with uh, Donovan McNabb in 04. So one of those teams, that's possible. Um, now, when you think about other good teams with like really great running backs, um, obviously I can go to like the San Diego Chargers with LaDainian Tomlinson. I could go to the Minnesota Vikings with Adrian Peterson. I could go to um, so many other teams. But it, my instinct is that it, it's probably a, a team that has a quarterback and a running back, like that combo, where they're very good at, at running the ball. So it could be like those Falcons. If it was an older team, I'm trying to think about who it could be. I mean, obviously, we know like Emmett Smith was very good for the Cowboys, and those teams were very good. Um, and his quarterback at the time, I believe, would have been Troy Aikman. I want to say maybe, um, but I don't know how much running Troy Aikman did. This is going to be really tough. So, the team in the year, a single season rushing record. Does this include the postseason or just regular season? Regular. Okay, regular just regular season. season. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is really tough. I'm going to have to give a guess here. I don't know if I've even said a, a team that um, that's, that's, could be the answer or not. So I, I really don't know. I'm going to have to go with um, my first instinct, I guess. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons from 2004 with Michael Vick and work done. All right, final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. That is going to be incorrect. Now, the reason I asked you this question, Trevor, is I thought you would know it. It is the uh, it is from 1978, and it is the New England Patriots who set that record. Okay. In 1978, they had 3,165 yards that season wow. uh, rushing between a lot of different players. It wasn't particularly one like really good player. However, the Falcons was a good guess. I don't know where they rank on that list. But that definitely was a good guess. Yeah, it was. A, Without it a was doubt, always going to be hard from that. Vic line. had a lot of rushing yards that season, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, which Lamar broke his record uh, this year because you know Lamar's amazing. But conversation for another day. Um, I think we we stay at thirty to twenty nine, right? Was that the score? Yep. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So who's in the lead? I don't remember. I'm gonna be in the lead next week, or or it's gonna be tied <laughs> next week. I should say. 
Maybe, maybe we'll see about that. But for the next segment, uh, we have everyone's favorite randomly ranked. It's where we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today, Trevor, we have an interesting one that you came up with. I believe you came up with this one, right? Yeah. So it's it's condiments, and we've been talking about like uh, in the past, we were discussing possibly doing condiments for randomly ranked. We ultimately decided not to, so we are doing it today. And we we first had a debate about like. Is, is, like, salsa a condiment? Is, like, guacamole a condiment? And we were trying to, like, figure out the definition of what a condiment is. Now, the definition I found was actually kind of broad, and it seemed to, like, encapsulate a lot of different things. So, um, I, I know for sure that my three are definitely condiments. So. Yeah, so just, just we're going to throw a definition out there, okay, about what a condiment is. I don't want anyone commenting. That ours aren't condiments, because here was the definition. A condiment is a spice, sauce, or preparation that is added to your food, typically after cooking. So, it could kind of be, I mean, with that definition, it could kind of be anything. Yeah, it's pretty broad. Obviously, it can't be like a whole food item. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can't just add chicken on something and be like, that's a condiment. Right. But it could kind of be anything. Kind of. So, Trevor, you went first with questions. I'll go first here. So, one thing, there was a big debate whether this is a condiment or not. Uh, in this sense, I'm going to use it as a condiment. It's my honorable mention. I'm going to go with queso. If queso was a true condiment, it would be my number one. Um, I, I still think it can be a condiment, but really, you normally eat it not as a condiment. But I'm going to throw it in there as an honorable mention. And that's why it's at the HM spot. Number three, I have ketchup. Ketchup is kind of the OG condiment. Um, it kind of can go on virtually anything, and it's pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I think... You can even add some pretty interesting things, and I think it's still pretty good. Obviously, you know, the classic on burgers, hot dogs, something like that. What brand? Number two, I'm going to go with chocolate sauce. Any go-to brand? Um, and I understand that's a little bit of curveball, okay? I, I understand. I get it. Um, but I love chocolate probably more than the average person, and I'd throw it on anything, and it would still be great. And number one, in my opinion, is the, the ultimate sauce, which I've talked about many times in this podcast, and that is barbecue sauce. Um, our, our favorite contributor, Ben O'Brien, hates barbecue sauce, which I think is a crime to the world. Um, but barbecue sauce takes my number one condiment. So do you have any specific brands? Um, I have a slight problem with chocolate sauce, but, but I'll, I'll allow it, I guess. But any specific brands for ketchup or barbecue sauce? So when you say brands, can I be really specific or do you want like store-bought? Like Heinz, Sweet Baby Ray's, like... Yeah, yeah. So those would probably be the two. Obviously, Heinz ketchup is kind of the classic, and then Sweet Baby Ray's for barbecue sauce. Um, if we're, we can, I could go in a whole nother, I could do a whole podcast episode of my favorite barbecue sauces uh, with a podcast alum and streamer for the Small Ballers, Josh Baskin. Me and him have put together a full list of barbecue sauces, so maybe that'll be dealt out on stream one I day. Do that everyone too. should go tune into our streams on Mondays and Thursdays. These Small Ballers on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Small Ballers. It's in the description. Go follow us. Little plug there. Uh, but Trevor, what what are your top condiments? Yeah, so I would definitely be down to do like a barbecue sauce ranking in itself because I love barbecue sauce as well. It is a little strange that mm-hmm. Ben does not like barbecue sauce, but but nevertheless, well, he's a strange man. But never, he's a strange man. I mean, what what are we gonna say? But there's a specific condiment that you don't like that I'm gonna get to here, and also I think is strange. But nevertheless, number three, I have uh, Kurt's honey mustard. Now, honey mustard is something that. It's so good on on a lot of different things. You could have it with obviously like chicken tenders or chicken nuggets or like soft pretzels, you know, and and like even like French fries. You can have in honey mustard. Honey mustard is just so it's really good. 
Um, so number two, I'm going with Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. I think again, like with with these three, um, with these three condiments, they're very like versatile. They can go on a lot of different things. That's kind of how I thought about what my top three would be. So if it's a condiment that I feel like I would only use for like one or two specific food items, I didn't include it. So like barbecue sauce, it could also go on chicken. I, I eat a lot of chicken. You're gonna you're gonna notice that by me keep me continuing to say chicken. But barbecue sauce is so great. Trevor's go to meal is just chicken is, and yeah, rice. He's chicken twenty and rice. days out of the week. That's true, but you know, barbecue sauce is good on <laughs> a lot of different things as well. And number one, something that I know Brandon does not really like, and I think it's a little bit little strange, and I'm going with Frank's Red Hot. Frank's Red Hot is the OG, it's the go-to. If you don't like Frank's Red Hot, then I think it's a little weird. I, I you know, don't totally understand that, but, you know, teach their own. Frank's Red Hot is amazing. Yeah, I'm not a big hot sauce guy at all. Big shout-out to my grandfather. I know he, he loves hot sauce, and he's it on a lot of different things. Um, but I'm just not a big hot sauce. I don't like any spice, like, at all. Um, just not a spicy guy, which I know you like spice a lot, Trevor. And I've seen you eat some pretty spicy wings uh, in our days at school. Uh, together um but yeah if you guys have any recommendations for randomly ranked please send them in to us uh, we always struggle coming up with ideas for randomly ranked and we love to hear what you guys want us to rank because we'll do it i i think i speak for both of us we'll do it we have no issue doing it so let's move to our main topic today Trevor. and i think we have an interesting one um we're going to talk a lot about the nba bubble the players have been in it for what like two weeks now maybe a little bit less maybe a little more yeah a little over two weeks now i think it's been a little over two weeks uh, and Trevor, you've been really researching and dissecting the bubble. So actually, before before we get in, Trevor's going to explain a little bit about the bubble for those who don't know and kind of different players' experiences that he's seen about and read about. Before you do that, Trevor, I have a question to propose to you. How much money would you pay to be a part of the NBA bubble? Uh, to be a part of the NBA bubble? Well, there, there's yeah. a lot of so different things. So you wouldn't play. I'm not right. saying you'd play, but you'd be around the players. You could go to the games. You could do anything you, you could do in a bubble. Um, oh man. Well, this is this would really I, be good. It would be I like would a out, it would be like a vacation, and I would like exactly. I mean, I would give out a good chunk of money, a few hundred dollars, probably. I would say because a few hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna pay for your <laughs> flight down there. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe like six seven hundred. I don't know. It's uh, we're getting into a I lot would of pay money. A good though. amount of money. <laughs> I would pay a really good amount of money. Think about it. They get food down there. It might not be the greatest food, but there'd be given food. You get to just watch every NBA game. Yeah, it would be pretty, pretty much. Great. You'd be right there. Like it would just be awesome. But go ahead, Trevor. So, talk to us a little bit about the bubble and what you've seen and heard and read uh, about different experiences that you've, you know, uh, been uh, talked to about. Yeah. So originally, when the players got down to Orlando um, in in Disney for the the bubble, or as they like to call the the campus environment, they all had to be. All the players had to be in quarantine for i believe uh 10 days i want to say and then yes 10 days upon return they couldn't really leave and then after that obviously with with testing i believe either every day or every other day ensuring that uh there were the tests were negative each day before they could be then after quarantine 
into an environment where they are now in isolation, but they are able to go out of their rooms. Obviously, isolation meaning they're in the bubble and they have to stay on that campus environment, but they now can at least obviously practice with their team. They can, you know, eat with other teammates and such, and... And there are many different activities as well. Now, they also are given magic bands that it seems like they have to wear pretty much all the time um, to scan into, you know, different uh, places to, to make sure that they are attending uh, certain things as well. And also they have to wear masks pretty much everywhere they go. Um, I was watching some uh, vlogs on YouTube from Matisse Thibel, who is a NBA rookie with the 76ers. And it's really interesting to get an inside look. I encourage everyone to go watch some of those vlogs. Um, JaVale McGee also is doing some vlogs where he's really just talking about his experience in the bubble. And you get to get an, a little insight into the practice. You get to get like just him interacting with other his teammates like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. So those are interesting. And they have a lot of different... Really, to me, it seems like there's a lot of things to do. I personally would never get bored in the bubble. You know, like they can actually like... Uh, go on boat rides they can you know there's so many different board games and card games and rubik's cubes to play uh, tons of movies um a lot of i know a lot of them were like bringing their video game systems and stuff like that obviously there's a lot of big like gamers like josh hart and miles leonard and stuff so there's a lot of uh you know things going on with that um and, and it's really just an environment that i feel like uh yeah, again, I would not get bored, and it seems like some of the players are, are trying to maximize that and really enjoy that. Now, also, we have the food situation, which um, I know by the normal standards of what players eat, it's below that, right? But when I look at what the players are eating, it seems pretty good to me. Like, it seems like just as good as, say, like, I, I would say just as good as, like, a dining hall in college, um, maybe better. Um, so to me, it seems pretty it's good definitely overall. definitely better than a dining hall. Yeah, so better than a dining hall. Uh, maybe not up to their standards necessarily, what they normally have, but still pretty good, I would say. So he, here's the question I have. You're LeBron James, the amount of power you have in the NBA, right? Like, he, he has just a lot of sway in the NBA. LeBron's, there's no way LeBron's eating this stuff. LeBron has, has been on a strict diet for his whole entire life. His man eats perfectly. Like, do you think, like, they bring in a chef or something like that to make him food or something? Um, <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people are making jokes about that. Um, I, I'm not really sure. He might. I also think that there's potentially a scenario where maybe they're not bringing in a chef, but maybe, like, he is given, like, an extra, like, maybe he's given, like, special amenities where he can maybe make this stuff, and maybe he has, like, chefs uh, FaceTiming him, and maybe he's making it. But maybe he gets, like, extra, like, amenities to where it's easier for him to make those meals, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? I he, I don't think that he has a chef in there. I don't think they'd allow it. But there's no way that he's just eating. From what I've seen, there's no way he's eating the food they're giving him. There's no way. It's just so uncharacteristic to everything about him. I cannot find a way that he's doing that. I, I think there's something that he's doing, whether it's getting food sent in or something. I don't know. Yeah. One thing that I have found interesting is they have a hotline number that you can call if someone breaks protocol. Supposedly, it's been called quite a lot. Uh, we saw someone uh, report on this. I don't know if it was well, Woj is suspended right now, but we, we saw, I saw someone report on this um, about how a lot of people have called the hotline number. And this is one reason why I think that there's just no way it's going to work out because if one guy goes and gets his Postmates, and brings you know the virus back in. They're all done. He, he's going to give it to everyone. 
I mean, they're all near each other. They're in a hotel, and they're playing. So, what do you think about this, like, hotline number? I mean, I know they're joking. They're calling it the snitch number or whatever. Right. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about kind of the reports about how there's been many reports, reportings of uh, breaking protocol? Yeah, so, first of all, um, it shouldn't be called the snitch hotline because of many people have said, Jay Williams, I know, has talked about this. Um, it's really in the betterment of all players to hold their teammates accountable um, for not leaving the bubble, not ordering Postmates or any other delivery service and, and leave the bubble for that. It's So it's really, I think the teammates um, have to really uh, hold other teammates accountable here. And you have to, anytime you see one of your teammates that's, you know, trying to do something that, that's not allowed or trying to leave the bubble, you have to tell on them right away because it is in your best interest to do so. I mean, this is your paycheck on the line this is your ability to play and potentially win an NBA championship if they are like they are basically putting you in jeopardy so it's really in your best mm. interest no matter how you slice it um and then additionally i think that many players as, as you said many players have been reporting this i'm more optimistic that this situation is going to work because i think the players for the most part will do this i think they will hold their teammates accountable um, you know, you have a lot of, especially on these playoff teams, a lot of veteran leadership that you have that will hold these guys accountable. So I'm more optimistic about it. You know, you also had like Chris Haynes who reported on, and this is, uh, you know, a person, someone who told on Jimmy Butler, this is a little bit of a different situation, not because Jimmy Butler did anything wrong, in my opinion. All he was doing was practicing in his hotel room, um, dribbling the basketball, and someone happened to tell on him. Um, and this was just a, such a funny story because apparently someone knocked on Jimmy Butler's door and um, like when he opened it, he was like drenched in sweat and like practice gear because he was practicing his hotel room, which I absolutely love. Huge Jimmy Butler fan. And obviously he plays for my favorite team, the Miami Heat. So I love to see this Jimmy Butler uh, keep keep doing this, keep annoying uh, players from other teams. Um, such as maybe a TJ Warren, you know, you know, do it in the middle of the night. Don't let them get any sleep. Uh, keep grinding. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is the type of guy. I feel like he only sleeps a day or two out of the week. He's just the type of guy who's gonna always, you know, be working. Um, but all right, Trevor. So let's let's kind of get into, you know, what we really want to get into. Some players that we're excited about in the bubble. So he, I I have a number one player that I'm really excited about, and I truly I don't think you're gonna see it coming. Okay, I don't think you'll see. I, it I think I will. Do you have any? You think you will? It, how how well do you if, know me? Who am I going to If you say? have anyone outside of LeBron James, I will be very surprised. So, when for the viewers at home, the listeners, Trevor told me we we're going to go over some players that we're excited to see. And uh, I made a joke about how there really should only be one player that everyone's excited to see because he's all that matters. Um, and, you know, Trevor laughed. It was obviously a joke. But to me, that was not a joke. There's only one player we should all be excited about going to see play basketball. It's the greatest player of all time, the greatest athlete of all time, and that is LeBron James. We get to go see LeBron James play for another championship. He's been to so many in a row. I mean, how many in a row has it been? Or I guess last, last year it was year broken. Last year it was broken. Um, but you went to seven or eight in a row, whatever it was, and now we get to watch him again where he's projected to win on the Lakers. He's going to win a, a third title for three different teams, potentially, knock on wood. LeBron James is, obviously I have other players I'm excited for, and I'm going to name some others, but he is the first player that I cannot wait to get back to watch and play basketball. Okay, so he's, Just he's your number one. Who's your two through five? 
Um, you you want to go? We want to mismatch. I'll let you go if you want to go. Okay, I I was gonna do five through one in my order. I could talk about mine. Truthfully, LeBron is my number one through five, <laughs> okay. but okay. I will include some other players. I thought it was most important to mention him first. But go ahead, go to your five, um, and I'll kind of. I'll just name a couple players. I don't know if I have five particularly, but there's definitely a couple that I am interested to watch. Okay, so this was really tough to, you know, put it in order of the five that I would pick. Um, I did not include Kawhi Leonard or Jason Tatum. They're probably right outside it. Um, Jason Tatum, with the tear he's been on the last few months, I'm super excited to see him uh, for sure, to see if he can continue that with the Celtics and see how far they go. I did not include him. Also did not include Kawhi, who is one of the three best players in the NBA, with Kevin Durant out currently one of the two best, um, but I did not include him either. Number five, I'm going to start off with Donovan Mitchell. Now, one of the reasons I have Donovan Mitchell is because he's one of my favorite players in the NBA, and I just love watching him play. I, I, I usually really like watching these like shooting guards, usually shooting guards, sometimes point guards, um, and, and also his play style is, is probably, it's been compared to Dwayne Wade a lot, so that's one of the reasons I also like him. And he's just a young star that I love watching play. So I'm really excited to see Donovan Mitchell. Number four, I went with Luka Doncic. Um, I haven't had a ton of opportunities to watch Luka Doncic this NBA season, so I'm really excited to see him play. The Mavericks are slated to be currently the seventh seed, um, so he definitely will be in the playoffs with the Mavs. So I'm excited to see him. Number three, I went with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is currently my favorite player in the NBA. I know that the Blazers might not make the playoffs, but I am holding out hope that they will, even though they have a tough schedule, hoping that they get the eight seed because I want to see that Lakers-Blazers matchup. Number two, I have LeBron James. Now, I did not put LeBron at number one. I put him at number two. LeBron, I am very excited to see because, again, I do already think he's the greatest player of all time, as we talked about in our podcast you know, a couple months ago that you shall listen to, uh, the greatest NBA players of all time. We did those back in April. But nevertheless, LeBron, obviously, I want to see if he can get that fourth ring, see if he can catch Jordan with the six rings. Now, number one, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, I have Giannis at number one because... We saw what he did last regular season, won the MVP, um, then came up short in the playoffs. He was he was good, not great. We saw some of the flaws he had, you know, being someone who, you know, his shooting wasn't really that great in the playoffs last season. Now, he's developed his shooting a little bit more. Um, it seems like he's improved that, and we're going to see if he can really take it to the next level um, and potentially win the Bucks their first NBA championship here uh this season so i'm really excited to see Giannis. excited to see what he can do obviously he's as he's known the greek freak because of his length and just the crazy things he could do on the basketball court so he's my number one i i think you have a good list uh you have the wrong person at number one but that is okay it is still a good list so i'm just gonna i don't know if i particularly have a top five but i'm just gonna list a couple players that i think are interesting and i'll explain the reasons uh, another player that I think is very interesting is Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis is in a contract year, um, and I think no matter what, he would re-sign with LA, but I feel like winning a championship, I, I, I feel like it's more secure that he's going to re-sign and be with LeBron for at least two more years, um, and I'm interested to see how that goes. But let's say they don't win, um, and he has like an opportunity to go to the Clippers or go to the Raptors or go somewhere uh, where you know maybe his presence puts them over the top. I think he could potentially do that. I, I think there's still a higher chance he stays, but I'm interested to see how this season plays out um, and what he's going to do. LeBron and him have been very buddy-buddy, and again, I, I think it's unlikely, but I'm interested to see how this kind of plays out. Um, 
and see what he decides to do after this, you know, uncharacteristic season. Um, another player I'm excited about is Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. was probably, I mean, one of the best players in basketball, um, you know, leaving uh, the end of last season. He was shooting out of his mind um, on a team that is, is going to be pretty impactful here uh, with a good amount of stars. Um, and, you know, obviously he's had some ups and downs in his, his early career already. A lot of surgeries. Um, he's trying to get back to, you know, he was the number one overall prospect. He's going to be the next LeBron, you know, this huge prospect. And it, he obviously didn't quite pan out in college because he only played a couple games. And then the surgeries right when he got um, out of Missouri, a lot's happened to him. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what he ends up doing. Uh, another player I'm interested in is Giannis. For a lot of the same reasons as you are, um, his shooting definitely has improved this year. I'm excited to see where he's going to be in like two years. Um, but, you know, if he could get a shooting, even be a decent shooter, I mean, he's going to be just a once-in-a-generation type player uh, by how good he already is. And just adding a little bit of shooting uh, would be really, really interesting. So, Trevor, I have a question for you. Is there any young player, like really young player, that you're excited to watch in the bubble? Besides the ones I, I mentioned? I have one. Besides the ones you mentioned, yeah. Um, so besides the ones I mentioned, obviously Zion. Now Zion is uh, currently not in the bubble. He left the bubble, so hopefully Zion can get back soon. Obviously he would be another obvious guy. Um, but if I'm going to say someone who's not quite as obvious, I would say that another player I really like is um, Jalen Brown, also a Boston Celtic, who maybe yeah. people don't say quite as often, but... Um, Jalen Brown's someone who I really like more, I think, for what he does off the court, but also on the court. He's a very um, talented player who can fit with a lot of different teams, and I think you know he, he's going to play a key role on the Celtics in the playoffs. Yeah, I love Jalen Brown for pretty much the exact reasons you said. Off the court, amazing human being. On the court, quite a good player. There was actually a little bit of time relatively recently, whether it was a year or two ago, where people thought he was going to be traded just because the, the Celtics have so much talent at the guard position. Um, and obviously, it didn't happen like that. Like, Rozier left. Kyrie left. So, you know, they're where they are now. Um, Zion was going to be the player that I was kind of hinting at there. I'm super excited to watch Zion Williamson play more basketball. Um, again, we've talked about how the NBA might have tweaked it a little bit to make sure that the Pelicans um, were able to at least play a little bit um, so Zion can get the exposure, uh, which definitely will help the NBA. Whether that's true or not, we don't know, but I personally am beyond excited to watch Zion Williamson play. Trevor, any last thoughts on the bubble um, or players that you want to mention before we kind of end off today's episode? Um, I think that's about it. I mean, I, I'm definitely excited to watch, you know, hope when the restart comes back up, definitely excited to watch all these teams. Scrimmages are going to be starting, uh, I believe, in about a week or so, so or less than a week. Yep. So that'll be interesting um, to see. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today. There's two, well, there'll probably be three links in the description. Uh, two of them are our Twitter and our Twitch. We will be live tomorrow night talking about soccer um, with, of course, our favorite host, Josh Baskin, for the Josh Soccer Show. Um, that'll be around 8, maybe 8.30. You know, we'll kind of see. It's, it's a little flexible. So go follow our Twitch. Turn the notifications on so you know when we go live. And, of course, follow our Twitter. The third link is to go support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, go click that. Uh, find ways to support. Doesn't even need to be doesn't even need to be in a monetary way. Um, and of course, subscribe to our podcast here and subscribe to the Soul Focus podcast um, because both of those are very, very important to do. And we appreciate your listens on both of them. Um, but again, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next time. Go Falcons!